about you just so they can get jealous. And if you see her for I do, tell I wish that I met her. Turn on the lights. I'm looking for Welcome, you report readers, listeners, and viewers to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It was an awesome Tuesday because we got to speak to Jason Light with the NFL draft just nine days away. So we nine get days. into a ton of coverage of what Jason Light spoke about, where we think the Bucks might go in this draft. We will get to all of that on this episode. But first, my name is Matt Matera, and joined with me is the man that runs the place, Scott Reynolds, and J.C. Allen, a man that since he's joined Peter Report has been a flash of lightning, a great addition, and just rounding out the entire PR squad of the Avengers. So, gentlemen, how are we doing uh, since I last saw you? It's like Christmas. Most excellent. It's like Christmas. Great. I can't wait. Like, the countdown's on. I'm eating a little piece of chocolate every single day. The advent calendar, the draft advent calendar. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, what do you like better? Wedding season, Christmas season, or draft season? Ah, draft season. Ah, let's go. I'm past chocolate. I'm going to just do shots until draft <laughs> weekend gets here. That's more a little, fun. Uh, oh, a gosh. little... A little crown royal. Well, Scott, you're an old-fashioned guy, but a little crown yeah. royal for Bruce Arians, who right. we found yeah. out is going to be uh, in the the draft room, the draft, the war room, yeah. as they say. He's going to be playing bartender, from what I understand. So yeah. it's a role that he had at Virginia Tech, and a role that he has played after games. And and uh, no, I kid, but uh, but uh, you know, he's he's going to be uh, um, you know there in a different capacity. This is Todd Bowles' show. When it comes to the coaching side of things, general manager Jason Light and Todd Bowles, they're going to go through all the scenarios. I think one of the key things today he said was there's not going to be any fights, right? That they're going to yeah. map out all of the possible scenarios for all of the players that they expect to be on the board at that time in every round. So when you do 98% of the work ahead of the time, like when we pre-write our stories, right, it's easier to hit publish. When Thank we you. Know news is yeah. going to break. Thank you, Pat yeah. O'Connor. <laughs> Had that right. one pre-written. That I mean, exactly. this was last week, but uh, a little behind the scenes for Box fans. Sometimes uh, we get our stories written a little beforehand if we expect a, a signing to to come within the next couple yeah. of days. So hopefully, uh, Dom Kitsu will be the next one. You know, that'll be very right. nice. But guys, I, I thought there was a lot to take away from this press conference. And let's understand. But, but Matt Harvind, Harvinder doesn't agree. He says, I listened to the press conference. He didn't say that much. That's kind of true, but you got to read between the lines. That's all we're here. Right. Exactly. Scott, and JC, what, what I was going to say really is, listen, Jason Light is not going to go in there and be like, all right, guys, we don't have a fifth and sixth round pick, but I've been talking to Seattle and we're trying to get a deal with Denver as well, too. And we're going to do a three-team trade so we can get our fifth pick back for the trade that uh, we pulled off with the Patriots and, and getting Shaq Mason. Like, he's not going to say, okay, this is definitely what we're going to do. He's not going to say, okay, I'm in love with this specific player. He might say he likes a guy or two, and right. Bucks have obviously had a lot of meetings. But he's not going to reveal too much because that's just bad strategy. But for right. what he could give us for little pieces of information that we're looking for, to you know give to you the readers viewers and listeners i thought there was enough to take away where i mean you're already excited for the draft but i, I think it, it brings it up another notch just from what jason told us today 
Yeah, I kept it super vanilla. Yeah. You know, I asked him about two guys, two defensive line prospects, because everyone wants to know about the deal. And he's like, "Yeah, we brought them in. They're good players. We'll we'll evaluate." So super yeah. vanilla. He's not going to give you anything. We all poked and prodded. What about the tight ends, the running backs, linebackers? Well, we got KJ Britt and Grant Stewart. Well, that's not what we want. Have you looked at Troy Anderson? Have you looked at JoJo Dalman? What about maybe a David Ajabo if he falls, or Devin Lloyd? But no, he wasn't giving us any of that. And right. that's what he expected. He doesn't want to, you know, show his cards. But I like like. Matt said and Scott said body cues mannerisms the way he addresses mm-hmm. certain things I think he told us a little bit more if you really read between the lines yeah there's a, a couple of things that I, I kind of picked up on that I'll, I'll share with you real quick it just knowing Jason and and sometimes it's what he says what he doesn't say and then how he says it right and we've all kind of talked about the Buccaneers possibly drafting a guard right Boston College's Zion Johnson if he's there it's interesting. We've seen some mocks with Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, the other first-round caliber guard, although he really hasn't been linked to the Buccaneers much, right? He At the Combine, at least, he he said that he didn't interview with the Buccaneers, and that was early in the process. He might have interviewed the next day or something, but we don't know that he's been in for a top 30 visit, for example. So, you know, we're just not sure about that. But the interesting that he, thing that he did say about the – the guard position and, and they've already filled Shaq Mason's uh, got that right guard spot locked up because they traded for him when Alex Kappa departed in free agency, but the left guard, he mentioned three names and he mentioned in order, Aaron Stinney, Nick Leverett and Robert Hainsey. Why is that important? Well, because they invested a third round pick in Hainsey last year and they moved him from my tackle where he played at Notre Dame to center. And he spent the entire year playing center. They're going to cross-train him at guard now. I asked Jason Light about that at the NFL owners meeting down there in West Palm. And he said, yeah, they're going to put Hainsey in the mix. That was to be expected. But you have three guys there that will compete at that spot. So that's three. And they, they like Nick Leverett a lot. And if you notice the the order in which Jason Light said that, he's he's thinking about the depth chart in his office where it stands right now. And Nick Leverett is ahead of Robert Hainsey. Why? Because Leverett played guard, not Hainsey, last year in Indianapolis when Marpet was out. Right. And and then you also have to consider that Hainsey was a third-round draft pick. They're not going to give up on a third-round draft pick. They're not going to cut him w- when they haven't seen what Hainsey can do yet. Plus, Hainsey's the backup center. So Hainsey's going to make this team. But right now, Leverett is ahead of Hainsey. That could change. But rewind back to training camp. There was a lot of talk about Nick Leverett. Nick Leverett played left tackle. Uh, and in, uh, I believe, the, the Bengals game, he started at center, I think, in the third preseason game yeah. um, uh, and at least saw some snaps there. Then he played guard. This is a guy who's probably the most versatile offensive lineman on the team that's really a guard but but can play center and also tackle. I think he's also going to make the team. So when you add it up, that's Shaq Mason, that's, that's Ryan Jensen, that's Aaron Stinney who is number one on the list, the, the guy that has the most experience to start, there's three. Then you add in Leverett and Hainsey, that's five. That's five interior offensive linemen. Then you bring in Fred Johnson, who's probably going to be a tackle, but can also play guard. That's six. Oh, let's not forget Tristan Wirfs, right? Seven. And, 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 and Donovan Smith, that's eight. Now you bring in Josh Wells, who this team loves as a versatile swing tackle. That's nine. That's nine offensive lineman right there. I'm not saying they're not going to draft Zion Johnson. I'm just saying if it's between Zion Johnson 
and a, a defensive player at a at a position of need, or if, if a, a wide receiver like Chris Olave or tra- uh, Traylon Burks is there, it's not a slam dunk they take a guard because I think they are already have enough able bodies there right now. I think too, if you look at the way the draft, and obviously we've all done mocks, we've all played around with the scenarios. If you draft a guard, it kind of puts you in this weird pigeonholed spot in the second and third rounds when there are good guard prospects there. Now you can say you just drafted a guard center, whatever in Hainsey last year. Do you want to invest another same pick or would you rather get like a first round? I think, that plays into it too, where you're looking at Cole Strange, Dylan Parham, Sean Ryan. There's a lot of players in that second to third right. round that could play guard that you could address a defensive need or a wide receiver or a, a different need at that, at those selections, in the, especially in the first round, and still come away with a good interior offensive lineman if you wanted yeah. to. So and, it, it, it's. Did JC, that, that's a great point. And Matt, let me ask you. <laughs> yeah. If Zion Johnson, if he's the number one pick, right? If he's picked at number 27 for the Buccaneers. Jason Light talked about wanting to have an instant impact from that player. If you're drafting a player in the first round, they're expected to see the field, right? You can get away with that drafting Joe Tryon Shoinka, who saw time in the, in the defensive end rotation. You're not going to draft yeah. a guard. <laughs> and no, there's, there's no rotating the offensive line right. unless a player is playing really bad or right. that or that offensive lineman gets injured. And right. Scott, to your point, and JC's to your point as well too, you know, Jason Light, every general manager is going to have some great picks and so, and some bad ones. But some of the best, I'm gonna, not even going to say picks, I'm going to say findings. Some of the best findings that Jason Light has had has been those diamond in the rough offensive linemen. So yeah. that's where I could see even some of the players you mentioned. I mean, we can go back to get, just drafting small school guys, whether it's Ali Marpet or Alex Kappa. You know, Jason Light could very likely either draft an offensive uh, offensive lineman later in this draft than what we're like planning on or find another undrafted free agent that he brings in and at least competes for that spot. Cause you know, there's an opportunity where, or a situation in which they draft Zion Johnson and then Aaron Stimmy clobbers him and earns, earns that starting guard position. Yeah. And, And then your first round pick is sitting on the bench for the entire season, not helping your team. That's why I'm more inclined to see this team draft, a safety that can rotate on the field. They could draft yeah. a defensive tackle. Even if Sue comes back, they could rotate on the field. A right. wide receiver like a Burks or a Labe who could see Warner. some action. You know, yeah. So I, I, I think today when I heard Jason Light say that, because it, it could have been very easy for him to say, oh, yeah, we've got uh, Aaron Stinney, you know, who helped us in the Super Bowl and a couple other guys. No, he took the time to mention, in order, yeah. Aaron Stinney, Nick Leverett, and – Robert, Robert Hainsey. And that to me was significant. And he and also that, talked about wanting the first round pick to, to see the field. And like you said, Matt, if Zion Johnson is drafted, he didn't come in to be there on Stinney. <laughs> no. What's the point? And they also have Sedarius Hutchinson too, who they're high right. on before he got injured as well. So there's also another name already in there. John Mulchin. Yeah. I don't really count him as much because I don't think he's, he's got to get healthy. He gets yeah. hurt yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah. he's only yeah. been here, what, two years? And he gets hurt all the time. So. But he keeps sticking around. Two years, but... I, I, you know, I think if anyone has a chance, and I think even Scott in your in your battle plan, you had Hudson making the team um, as did, a last yeah. offensive lineman. So they've got players, they've got pieces, they've got some undrafted guys, as Matt just said, that right. will be highlighting next week that they could maybe look to that are our Bucks fits. So I, I just don't, 
as much as you guys know, I love Cole Strange. I would love Cole yeah. Strange on this team. I just don't know. And I think today reassured me that unless the board falls a certain way where that is the best player available and they think he can help the team, I, I don't I don't see it happening early in the draft. And we know he'll we know Light will want to probably move around and fill that void between the 133 yeah. and 241. Do they grab someone there? Maybe. But yeah. I don't see it happening in the first three rounds. And I think this could be the first instance where we will see a little bit of a shift or a difference with having Todd Bowles as the head coach mm-hmm. and the right. quote-unquote final decision maker besides uh, Jason Light himself. Because right. we know regardless of, you know, he's coaching the whole team. You know, at the end of the day, if Bruce Arians is calling the shots, He's going to sway towards picking like an offensive guy defense. a little yeah, bit. Where Todd saying, Bowles, right? where, yeah, exactly. Where yeah. Todd Bowles, on the other side, he's going to sway a little bit more towards, oh, we got that defensive tackle that we like there. Let's mm-hmm. go pick him. Oh, there's that safety. You know I love safeties. I'm the safety whisperer. Yeah. BA is the QB whisperer. Todd Bowles <laughs> is the safety whisperer. So yep. I think that could be the first instance where we see a little bit of a difference in just um, direction of that head coaching in general. You yeah. know, one guy, and Harvinder brings it up, who's not going to have any input in the draft process that Light brought up, was Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because after Jalen Darden last year, I think it's safe to leave uh, Tom Brady's evaluating <laughs> skills on the sideline this well, year. I, I, to be to be fair, we're not going to label Tom Brady as the guy who drafted Jalen Darden. They drafted him, and then, then they let him look at the, the film. They said, what do you think of this? And Tom's like, oh, he looks pretty good, you know? But But <laughs> – I, I agree. Um, I, I don't think Tom Brady is going to be anywhere near the Advent Health Training Center uh, until mandatory minicamp. I mean, I, I just wrote about that on PeterReport.com. Jason Light addressed it today, and uh, and I'll read you that quote because will Brady show up, right? That was one of the questions that, that was talked about. He said, constant communication he and Todd have had with that. It's voluntary right now. He's going into his 23rd season, obviously knows how to take care of himself during this voluntary portion. I know he and Todd have had several conversations about that. No worries whatsoever. No, there's no worries. Tom Brady has not attended an OTA since 2017 in New England. Yeah. He bailed yeah, on, on the was, last um, few years in New England. This was Jason Light's kindest way of saying, who cares? Like, right. he'll yes. be here <laughs> He'll be here when he yeah. needs to be here. Who cares? Right. It's, it's not a story. You know, right. the last couple of years – he hasn't brought the guys up to Montana with him. I'm curious to see if Godwin and Evans and Gage make the trip up to Montana this year. I don't know about Godwin. He's still rehabbing. That yeah. that might be a little Godwin. tricky yeah. there. Yeah. Probably not Godwin. Stay right. Rehab. But maybe yeah. maybe Evans will make it up there. I don't know if he's been watching Yellowstone. It's not Colorado, but that's right. It's <laughs> snowing up there right now, isn't it? I mean, we saw Green Bay, at yeah. least Packers reporting for duty in the snow. But listen, really what that means, guys, is let me just get a better picture here. Full on blame. There's your QB1 right now at uh, at, at the Evan Health Training Center. At, did that's, he that's get the, the ball there or did he get uh, what, what happened after this play right here? Um, I think he was rifling a, a pinpoint lasered pass to a receiver a standing tall in the pocket. And I think you saw probably number 58 bounce off off Blaine and say, I'm sorry, I won't do that again, sir. That's <laughs> probably what happened. <laughs> makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Look at the flow yeah. hanging out the back of the helmet, too. Just I know. It's, so it's good we flow. did see uh, we did see real quick. Um, we just spoke on it for a brief moment that um, Jason talked about 
the kind of the the influence or will the influence of draft philosophy change with Todd Bowles in there? And he also spoke about Bruce Arians having him in the war room in a different role this time. I'm just going to play a little quick video. Bartender. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as the bartender. Uh, quick video from Jason Light speaking today at the press conference. The philosophy hasn't changed. It's just been meeting more with Todd now as the head coach, um, more one-on-one and more in some group settings too. Bruce has still been involved. He's been in our meetings. Uh, I meet with Bruce, you know, periodically, um, and he's going to be involved here if we put the final touches on our draft too. So nothing, our philosophy hasn't changed. We still want to bring in really good players. Yeah, Bruce, I'll have Bruce in there. It'll, it'll be, you know, we get most of our work, 98% of it done before the draft starts. So we kind of know what's going to happen. Well, we know what we will do in, in all scenarios. So it'll be no different. Yeah. So a lot. Uh, yeah. And there's another part of that video too. Um, that that's not pictured there where Jason was talking about how there's going to be no fighting in the war room, no fighting yeah. at all whatsoever. And he was, Jason was asked about too, just, you know, what's the philosophy of picking a player that he might be high on that maybe Todd Bowles doesn't absolutely love. And he pretty much said, listen, I'm not going to pick a player that my coach absolutely hates. That's just, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, yeah. but it's not know, fair to the player. It's not fair to the player. It, or it's, the just, coach. It's, it's never, yeah, yeah right. it's never going to work out. And I think that's just the, the beauty and the joy of just this Bucks front office, even yeah. with the succession plan of Bruce leaving and Todd Bowles in here is there's such a great relationship between Jason Light and Bruce and Jason Light and Todd Bowles that, Sure, I, I would imagine every single team runs into this issue, but it's not going to be a problem for the Bucs, and there's not going to be that power struggle. Like, Bruce right. is going to be firmly fine, and as Jason said, they're doing 98% of the work goes on right now. Mm-hmm. So Bruce is getting much more acclimated to his new role on this team. That's right. Speaking of Bruce, uh, this might be a good time to let you all know where Bruce will be, aside from the War Room on draft weekend. Next weekend, he's going to be hosting – the 8th Annual Arians Family Foundation Golf Classic. That is at Innisbrook here in Tampa. And last year, I I can't say who's going to be there this year, but last year Todd Bowles was there. A lot of coaches were there. General Manager Jason Light was there. Some guy um, named Tom Brady. Tom who? Who was there, Tom? Oh, Tom Uh, Brady was there. Yeah. Yeah. Rob. The the clothing designer. Tom Tom Brady. Jason Pierre-Paul? Jason Rob Gronkowski. He was there. Jason Pierre-Paul was there. Exactly. So Chase Rice performed too? Chase Rice did perform, yeah. So this is a fantastic event. And all the benefits from this uh, great uh, event go towards the Arians Family Foundation, which is a a fantastic charity, really operates in Tampa and in Arizona. They do each of these type of tournaments, one in Arizona, one in Tampa. So the great thing is all the Tampa proceeds go to the Tampa Bay area and benefit um, a several charities, including CASA, which is a, a big one that, that the Arians are, are solely behind. So here's what it takes. If you want to play with Arians and, and all of the star-studded people that are going to be in this, this tournament, and it's the 24th and 25th of April, $2,500 includes one spot, includes the Sunday night gala dinner, which will be there as well. So if you see us, and you recognize us as the Peter Report staff, come up and say hello. We'd love to meet you. And there's also a concert, as JC mentioned, plus the Monday night golf 
uh, reception after the event. And then the foursome price is $10,000. It includes a little bit more. You get four spots in the tournament, custom tee signings and tee markers, display area and premium backdrop, four passes to the Sunday night uh, gala dinner and, and concert, and then four passes to the Monday night post-golf reception. Again, find out more on the ArianesFamilyFoundation.com website. When you go there, click on events. There's a form to fill out. You'll download that, fill it out, and you can get set up for this weekend. should be a great time to golf with Bruce Arians. Yeah, it was so much fun going there last year. and We were at the gala part of it. And I think it's important yeah. to to uh, note as well, if you outside of the gala part, if, you, if you're a part of the golfing section of it, um, Brady and Gronk, that was all the, the gala. The golfing, they had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yes. even more Bucks players. So if you want to see a pro athlete play another sport, like that's just an, that's just another whole spectacle in itself. So yeah, could not recommend it more. Just a great cause and a very fun time. So go out there, get your tickets. And yeah. Hey, hey, fellas, real quick. Nate Pitt says that he's on Celsius Day 4,348 Thank with you, Tropical Nate. Vibe. That's kind of funny because I'm drinking a tropical vibe today, too. Hey, look at that. Look at that. that. Great. I got the sparkling grapefruit going. All right. So here's here's in the spirit of the draft, gentlemen, this is what I need to ask you guys. I'm putting you on the spot. You're not prepared. I mean, you already have the knowledge, right? You've already been scouting Celsius. So, you know, you've got a working knowledge, I think, of these flavors. But let's go ahead and just and and just kind of ask away. Out of the vibes, out of the Celsius vibes, tropical vibe, peach vibe, and the Arctic. new Arctic vibe flavor, which is this one right here, the Arctic berry flavor. It's fantastic. Just tried this the other day. It's it's already a top five. But out of those three vibes, and and Matt, we'll go with you first. You're on the clock. Which vibe do you draft? It's very close. One. Very close between tropical and peach. I haven't had Arctic yet, but I gotta go tropical again. We I had it when we were um when we were at the NFL owners meetings in West yeah. Palm Beach, quickly moved up the ranks. If it was a week beforehand, I probably would have said peach five, but you know, sometimes you just take that first or second sip and yep. it it hits you in a, in a different way board. than you than you expected. Yeah. It's like uh, Damian Pierce, you know, went from a diamond in the rough to the worst right. kept secret at running back. Everyone loves him now. And right. that for me is the tropical vibe or Christian Watson as well, too. Shout there you out. go. JC, hey, how about you? You've tried all three now, yeah. right? With, with tropical vibe off the board, we're going to field calls <laughs> here. We're going to actually make a trade back in this situation because, you know, we don't feel comfortable with the choices at hand. Arctic vibe, a very solid player, but more of, you know, it's not a summery flavor like Tropical Vibe is. So right. with our pick here, we're trading back. We're getting out of the vibes. We're going to oh. let you have your choice of the vibes. Okay. And we're going to take here the new Strawberry Lemonade. We're, that's what we're going to take. Like we're going to take okay. the new Strawberry Lemonade flavor. I'll leave you to have your pick of the vibes um, because Matt scooped up, you know, with that first that's overall right. pick. That's sometimes, right. Sometimes you lose. Yeah, I should have traded up for Tropical Vibe. It is definitely one of my favorites. But as I mentioned, this late riser to our draft board, Arctic Vibe, folks, it's really good. And uh, and I highly recommend them. So out of all the vibes and, and out of all of the the different Celsius flavors, uh, there's they're getting to the point where there's just too many to choose from. And, and that's a great thing if you like Celsius. Uh, I even like the cola flavor. Bought one of those the other day. So if you haven't tried Celsius yet, what are you waiting for? Go to celsius.com click on the store locator or you can click on the peter report banners 
from Celsius that you see on our website and and find some of those places to sell Celsius near you. Then go try some individually. Once you find the ones you like, buy them in bulk on Amazon and save money with the subscribe and save. That way they send them right to your door and you never run out. Um, I'll tell you what, true story. I just got a notification from Amazon yesterday. Uh, Saturday's my birthday and I have five cases of Celsius coming to me on Saturday. So that's that's already one birthday present on the way. So now I paid for it myself. I mean, it's not, it's not free. I bought it. Hey, but, there's, uh, there's nothing. Uh, hey, there, there's nothing wrong with buying a gift for yourself. It's it's called, right. It's called treat yourself. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing exactly. wrong with that. <laughs> well, okay. Too. That's where I've been finding those uh, those Arctic vibes. Seven Eleven. Yes. I don't yep. know if that's where you found them, but I got the sneak peek. Absolutely. Speaking of, of sneak peek, let's let's continue on with uh, with peeling back behind the curtains and, and peeking at what Jason Light and uh, and the Bucks brass will do with the draft. What other things stood out to you guys from the press conference today? Again, Jason Light didn't say a whole bunch. I think Harvinder was right, but at the same time, you got to read between the lines. And and again, as I was processing the whole guard thing, I just don't think they're going to be taking a guard. Uh, this year for the reasons we've already kind of outlined. JC, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I really think I really think they could be in the market for a trade down this season. And and I, I know that, you know, you Jason trade said, back. Yeah, trade down, trade okay. back, trade. Yeah. Okay. Trade. When you say trade down, I, I always kind of think of you're trading down the yeah, board down, like you're getting down. closer to the the first okay. round. Yeah, yeah. So the, a, a trade back in this trading instance. back. Okay. Got and it. and Jason said today that, you know, he hasn't really gotten into conversations. Not that he tell us anyways, that they usually heat up the week of and you know a couple days before. But you know, looking at the way this board is falling and he, he multiple times said, Oh, you mean the way that you and the media, you and the media have seen and fans have seen in like mock drafts and ratings. It's like, you know, he's kind of throwing us out. You don't know what anyone's boards look like, yeah. but I really think that this is a chance for them to trade down. I mean, or trade back. Sorry. Um, and, and I think they can acquire more picks. He's mentioned multiple times that the middle rounds of this draft was where yeah. he felt it was the strongest. They only have the third and the fourth. Obviously they're missing the yeah. fifth, and sixth, late picks in those third and fourth rounds as well. So whether that's a trade back, from the first pick or from the or the 60th pick, I think that would that's where I'm looking at to see what they do. Obviously, if there's a tran, transcendent player on the board or a player you think can help yeah. right away, go for it. But I think he's going to be probing a little bit more than normal. The problem is because of these rounds are so good in the middle rounds and other GMs have identified that, right. I don't know how much someone's going to want to give to move up into the first. JC, you had a great story today on, on Jason Light's trade history on draft weekend. Yep. Very, very well, uh, very well done. Worth reading. So make sure you check that out on PeterReport.com. Um, the interesting thing about the the where the Bucks are positioned at number twenty-seven, Matt, and I think I was talking to John about this yesterday on the pod, is Matt. When you look at at the fact that there could be a couple of quarterbacks taken before the Bucks pick at 27, right? Maybe two or three. Jason thought it might be a little bit more because quarterbacks just, there's such a need, even though this is a crappy year for quarterbacks. Right. But I'm almost thinking that for the remaining quarterback or two, whoever's left, let's not even spend time worrying about who it is, <laughs> whether it's Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, whoever, right? But, but what, what are the chances you think of a team that is picking at the early part of the second round 
wanting to get up around number 27 to, to get a quarterback because the benefit, like Baltimore did, trading back up to number 32 in 2018, is the benefit is you get a quarterback with a fifth-year option, right? Instead of waiting for one of those guys to fall into the second round and he might not even be there, I almost think it's more advantageous to be this later in the draft because yeah. one of those teams yeah. that might want a well, quarterback and move up. Yeah, because we were talking about that after Jason was done, where I think we both went, yeah, we kind of got a feeling that Jason's going to trade back because of his love for the middle-round players. I'll make my point in a second, but we also have video of Jason talking about that he thinks this is going to be a really good middle-of-the-pack draft, you know, those third, fourth-round type of picks. Doing more and more work as we have in the last couple months, you start to get more and more excited about it. Um, That happens every year with the draft. Initially, you, you... you think, well, maybe it's not going to be as strong, but it does look like a draft that's going to be, uh, there's going to be some good um, players in the mid rounds um, for sure. Um, maybe not, you know, there may not be 30 guys that you think are legit first round picks, but um, there's going to be a lot of good players in the middle rounds. Man, he can't keep his eyes off whoever he was answering that question for. It must <laughs> so, anyway, um, getting to the point, you talk quarterbacks and the Bucks probably aren't going to go quarterback but never say never check out the right. uh, Peter Report Bucks best bets but with that said whether it's a great quarterback class or a terrible quarterback class if there is just one quarterback that you are in love with teams will trade and at many times over trade right. to make sure that they get their guy which plays right into the Bucks hands of mm-hmm. having a late pick at 27 acquiring some of those draft picks that they traded away. Scott, you brought up another great point earlier today where Jason kind of has a pattern of reacquiring the picks that he traded for for other players. So in this case, they traded a fifth-round pick to go get Shaq Mason uh, from the Patriots. He would probably like to get that fifth pick back. Jason also talked about, uh, and this isn't even a middle-round pick, this is a seventh-round pick, but he talked about that the impact that guys like Grant Stewart and KJ Britt made on special teams this year where you can still get a guy pretty late and can still have an impact on this team, even if it's not on offense or defense. And I think that's really important for this year's team. When we talk about depth, I know we're not high on or what they'll do with the offensive line because we just talked about all the, all the places they have in house, but the bucks can still very much address, you know, cornerback edge, maybe that offensive line, maybe Mm -hmm. wide receivers. So, by getting by trading that 27th pick and then maybe picking up an extra third rounder and getting a fifth rounder back or whatever it may be, there's a, a, a ton of reasons why the Bucks should do that. Yeah. And JC, you know, Matt brings up Grant Stewart's name. And and really the, when you think of seventh round picks, they rarely make the team, right? They they, <laughs> they rarely do. But Grant Stewart is a player that led the, the Bucks in special teams tackles. Jason Light told me, has told me in the past that he thinks that Stewart is a, a player that you're familiar with, uh, having been up there in Boston. Matthew Slater, a, a perennial Pro Bowl special teamer, he thinks Stewart can, you know, can ascend to that type level as a special teams demon tackler, right? Getting down there and forcing fumbles and, and making splash plays on coverage units. Your, your thoughts on on that and and how valuable it would be to to, to land a, a potential Pro Bowler in the seventh round? That that's incredibly hard to do. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the the 
Pats have always had pretty really good core special teams. Ryan Izzo is a linebacker yeah. actually that I could mm -hmm. see him kind of working out as, as well, who made his name on special teams. But the thing that works in Grant Stewart's favor as well is, I mean, you're right. He made the team as a seventh pick, not just a seventh round pick, the last seventh yeah, round yeah. pick in the draft. <laughs> Is but, Mr. Irrelevant in the draft and Mr. Irrelevant for the Buccaneers, too? He was like number 53 on the roster. <laughs> but not Mr. Irrelevant in your hearts. That's but, true. You know, I think his position versatility, too, in college helped him, too, because he played safety. He played multiple linebacker roles. So, I mean, having that that capacity to learn different roles and different ways of – because, I mean, if you're on the line, you're tackling a little bit, taking different angles than you were as a safety. So mm. he's got all that stuff to help build him up as well. And I think he really could – I mean, you saw it last year. He was already the best, one of the best special teamers um, on the team. And, yeah, I think he can continue to build that. So when you're looking at these guys in the, in the seventh round, and a lot of guys – a lot of people right now, they want impact players. They want starters. They want a guy who can be a starter, a guy who can be maybe a rotational play, uh, player. But you can't forget the developmental players too. Right. Guys who you develop and bring up and turn into into studs. I mean, you look at some of the guys on this roster that are at the tops of their position. Orion Jensen, sixth round pick. Shaq Barrett, undrafted free agent. Tom Brady, sixth round pick. Not the fuck <laughs> develop those guys, but you just right. you know, yeah. I mean, you never know. It's a fantastic point. You never know when you can find these guys. So recouping some of those picks in those later rounds, even if they're just for developmental pieces and don't see the field as much, maybe on special teams or end up on the practice squad with the new yeah. rules where they can elevate. I mean, it all works in your favor. And Jason Light has been really good the past few years. Um, and, you know, over his history, he's had some really good finds in the later rounds as well. Yeah. So hopefully they'll continue, you know, working that, churning those, those, uh, those picks out and, and I think they, I think they can find another good. I think, you know, looking at the seventh round, I think there's more players that can make impacts or that can yeah. develop into into role players, right? Than normal years, and I think that's going to bleed into undrafted free agency. And part of that is because a lot of players returned for their for another year because of the COVID season. You talk about a guy that uh, Cole Kelly with his super se uh, super senior year and Skylar um, Thompson Thompson, for, yeah super senior year because of the year of ineligibility and the year of the COVID these guys are staying in for another year to improve that draft. Right. So it's going to be right throughout. Yeah. You're also going to have JC uh, an article. We, we do our, our position previews, right folks. And we're, we've done quarterbacks yesterday. JC did that. And then John did the running backs today. We also have our bucks best bets in there and we have wide receivers and tight ends and offensive line coming up later this week. Then we'll get into defense next week, which is the best side of the ball. <laughs> and, and, um, but then you're also going to be doing a really interesting piece on some potential undrafted free agents. You're saying already these guys are not going to get drafted, um, but you're going to have that prior to the draft as well. So, not just yeah. we have you covered with the Bucks' best bets of if the Bucks are going to draft some guys, these are who we think that they might end up selecting. You're also going to say, hey, these are some guys after the draft to keep an eye on too in case they don't get drafted. So we'll look for that. Um, we got a great question here. Scott, who is your least favorite Bucks general manager to ask <laughs> questions to? I only covered four of them, uh, starting with, with Rich McKay back back in the 90s when I started covering this team. Uh, um, so Rich McKay, and then you had, you had Bruce Allen, which you know Bruce Allen, a lot of people have had issues with. I, I didn't really have any problems with Bruce. I, I treated Bruce fairly. I know that when Rich McKay left, it kind of upset a lot of the, of the local media members that, at the time because they got a lot of, of scoop and insight 
from from Rich. He spoon fed him uh, a lot of of their their news, and that's fine. I mean, if someone's going to give you free information or a free lunch, why not take it, right? Right. But the thing is, is is I, I treated Bruce fairly. And was he the best general manager? Absolutely not. I think where he helped this team was he helped them kind of navigate some salary cap issues that Rich McKay got them into. Some salary cap hell, salary cap jail, whatever you want to call it. I think Bruce helped out in that respect. Bruce just couldn't evaluate talent at all. And I don't really think Rich could either. I think it was mostly Tim Ruskell on the personnel side, the pro personnel side. I'm sorry, the college side. And Jerry Angelo on, on the pro side uh, back in the day. Um, Mark Dominic had a great working relationship with him. Um, and then Jason Light. So I, I, I really didn't mind talking to any of them. I probably had the, the least bit of relationship with Rich McKay because I was a new reporter coming in in 95. And a, at my at that time, a lot of the established media were already kind of there and they were in their 40s and 50s and more relatable to Rich, I guess. So I didn't have a problem asking Rich questions. I just didn't have the relationship with Rich that I ended up having with Bruce, with Mark, with Jason since then. So that's the answer there. We got a uh, super chat. I would love to give more input, but I've only had Jason Light <laughs> since yeah. I started yeah. with Peter Ford. And hopefully it'll stay like that for a very long time with, with the Bucks. Damn, damn, damn good continuing job. To win. Yeah. But we got a super chat here from Corey Fleming. Thank you so much, Corey. And please, yeah. anyone, if you super chat, we will make sure we answer uh, your super chat question right away. And please, let's get those thumbs up. It takes less than half a That's second right. to just get the thumbs up as you're watching this video. I know up. you're watching it right now. So uh, it helps out. It helps out our algorithm, and uh, helps up with helps out with a lot of stuff behind the scenes. But anyway, yep. thank you, Corey. Do it for Scott's birthday. <laughs> Who? Do it for Scott's yeah, birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do it for Scott's birthday. Two thumbs up for my birthday. There we go. Yeah. So uh, Corey says, if there's a wide receiver on the board at 27, do you take him? And which wide receiver could be there at 27? It depends, honestly, on what other positions are available at the moment. Who could be there? Like, I would love to say Traylon Burks, and I think we all love him because he hunts wild boar, but I don't necessarily... With a knife. With a knife, with his bare bare hands and a knife. If he's there, I would say, like, without question, take him. I really enjoy his game. I think he catches literally every every single pass that comes his way. He's got great elevation. I think he's an absolute baller. He's got the biggest hands of any wide receiver in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. I don't necessarily think he'll be (laughs) there, though. I think a more realistic option for a wide receiver that could be there, and this is a guy that I've really liked. He was my draft crush when we did the PR roundtable a couple of weeks ago, is Ohio State's Chris Olave. Mm -hmm. It's Garrett Wilson that's really getting a lot of the the love and attention, but I think Olave – um, he was the guy that had the most touchdowns at Ohio State last season, and that's right. a very talented, star-studded group there. Um, I like what he can do down the field. I think he's a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. I think he can work on some of the shorter and intermediate routes too. So he would be a guy, if he's there, I would love for the Bucks to take him. Would they necessarily go with the wide receiver early? I think so, but it really depends on the guy and what other positions are available at the moment. All right, well, I'm going to stop you right there, guys, because I don't know if you guys heard this. I mean, you heard it because you were there. I did too. But sometimes when you go back and you listen to the interview, you kind of pick up on some some things that you might have missed or some little nuances. And again, folks, you got to read between the lines sometimes, right? Because 
Jason Light's not going to just tell you who they're going to draft or give you the draft board. He's not going to hand out copies in the media. You know, if you, if you look on page two, this is our day three guys. You know, it didn't happen that way. Wish. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, people like, get the list like, oh, that'd be so yeah. um, <laughs> But he called, he, he mentioned by name, and I'm not saying that this is the exclusive, uh, you know, end all be all two positions, but the two positions he mentioned today, and we kind of covered a lot of ground from defensive tackles to secondary to wide receivers, to tight ends, to running backs. We had kind of asked him a gamut of those questions. The two positions that he said were premium positions were defensive tackle, obviously, and wide receiver. This is his quote. Of course, you've seen the premium this offseason, what teams are putting on receivers. We brought in Russell Gage, and we're excited about what Russell can add to our team. We've had some pretty good success with receivers here, developing them and taking the right ones. That's a little pat on the back there by Jason Light to Jason Light, and well-deserved. That's a tribute to our staffs working together here and the coaching, obviously. It's always a position that you'll look at. So right. he said, wide receiver, you're seeing the premiums there. And then the other position was defensive tackle. And this is what he said. JC, you asked the question about the two defensive tackles that have been in to see the Buccaneers. Uh, and I'll let you talk about those guys in just a second. But what we're talking about is Logan Hall had a story up today. John put a story up on PeterReport.com. He was a top 30 visit. Also, Devontae White out of Georgia, who's been linked to a lot of Buccaneer mock drafts at number 27. Uh, this was the quote that Jason Light said when you asked JC about those two defensive tackles. They're good players. You hear about them a lot in the media, and there's a reason why. They're good football players. They are at a premium position. We had good visits with them. So that's kind of my little takeaway there. And that's why I think, again, going back to what we said, JC, if you're drafting a player and you want to get him on the field, you're really rolling the dice if it's going to be guard. If it's Zion Johnson, you better start over Aaron Stinney. Otherwise, not going to help you this year in terms of seeing – playing time but you can draft a defensive tackle like a Devonte white you can draft a wide receiver like a Traylon brooks or a chris olave at number 27 and they can see the field right yeah i think i think that's exactly right and there's i'd throw another position in there too i think edge defender a guy like boy mafe as well who we didn't ask about we don't know if he's coming for a visit or not but those are those are the positions that you're looking at on this team and maybe even safety. I think I think the safety room, there's room yeah. for one more. But, I mean, those are the positions that you can use to bring guys in and have them see the field as rotational pieces um, that you're going to use a first-round pick on. Anything else, I think it's a guy who's got to wait, a corner. He's got to develop. He's behind Dean. He's behind uh, Davis. So, you know, especially – the wide receiver position is so important in this offense. We know, we saw firsthand how important it is to have quality wide receivers. Brashad Perriman's your number four. If it's right. an injury or Godwin's not able to go, he's your number three. <laughs> and if one of those guys gets injured, we're back to Tyler Johnson yeah. being there as well. But No right. love for Surreal Grayson? No, Surreal Grayson, yes. Great guy. Probably end up back on the practice squad. No offense, Surreal Grayson. But I think if you're looking at the wide receiver room, you can always add more. And a guy like Traylon Burks, a guy like Chris Olave, fit exactly what the Bucks can do. Traylon Burks is a mini Debo. I, I think he can do a lot of the same things he can do inside, outside versatility. Yeah. 
Chris Olave, he's going to he's a burner down the field. He's not gonna get you a lot of yak, but he's gonna he's a sure-handed receiver. So both of those guys can come in and contribute defensively yeah. on, on the defensive tackle side. Wyatt is a guy who is obviously played on a great line, a little bit of questions about his production. You brought this up, Scott, about you know, five sacks in four years, and you'd like to see more. But again, he's a guy who can rotate in. I think they resigned Sue, but a guy who can rotate in and give you fresh legs and yeah. keep those older veterans. Uh, from putting all that mileage on them. Same thing with Logan Logan Hall. I think you move back a little bit to get him. I don't think he'll be there at 60. Right. But a guy who played three tech, five tech, he's got good pass rush. He plays a good pad level. He reminds me a lot of Will Golston. Not gonna lie. He does. I yeah. think he you know what? I'm I'm just I'm having a little bit of a, of a revelation here with with Logan Hall coming in for a top 30 visit. Uh, JC, I think you nailed it. Matt, let me get your thoughts on this. They they need to replace Indominus Sue, right? They need another three tech defensive yeah. tackle. Will Golston is is 30. He'll be 31 this year. He signed a one-year deal, right? Um, you're going to have to replace both of those guys, I think, within the next two years, probably Sue before Golston, but I'm just saying. Logan Hall can play three-tech. He can also play five-tech. At 6'6", you mentioned, JC, he resembles Will Golston. Will Golston's a starter on this team, and let's not forget, guys, I mean, Will Golson's not that great of a pass rusher. He did have four and a half sacks this yeah. year, which is a career high. Sue had six. So we're not, it's not like we're talking about a, a massive, you know, leap there. But the interesting thing is if you if you do trade back into the second round, you can still get Logan Hall. You can still check that defensive tackle box. And you you might even get a more versatile player with Logan Hall because he can fill in for Will Golston at the five or Indomitkasu for the three. He does bring some pass rush ability. He's long limbed. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking too. And he actually had more sacks in college than, than, uh, than Devontae White did. Next year's a better draft uh, class for defensive tackles. It's shaping up to look like that. So you yes. can get your Will Golston replacement this year. And then, you go back and, and getting uh, your, your right. super replacement. But, Matt, what do you – I mean, what are your thoughts on Logan Hall? What do you think uh, about that strategy is to move back, grab your DT, and then – Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, you know, what does Todd Bowles love more than anything else is versatility because yeah. Todd Bowles can get so creative with it. I like to call Will Golston uh, the amoeba because he can do a little bit of everything for this team. He's been through – different defensive coordinators. He's played in a 4-3 defense. He's played in what is now the 3-4 defense um, for the Bucs. So you bring in Logan Hall and you're essentially getting another Will Golston. I don't I don't have any issue with that at all, especially if, if they're considering, you know, trading back and adding up uh, a couple of other picks. I do think defensive tackle is – and Jason Light actually talked about this too, where, like, I don't want to move on from Dominican Sue yet because Jason did say t- today as well that – Hey, you know, we've drafted, I mean, we've signed veterans like after the draft too. So he was kind of right. alluding to that a little bit that, you know, let's not completely shut the door on on, on in Sue. He obviously wasn't thrilled about it when we asked him about it in West Palm Beach at the owners meetings. But, you know, right. things change day by day and, and week by week as well too. But I do think defensive tackle is one of those positions where the Bucs certainly do have to get a little bit younger at and find those successors to Ndombikin Sue and, and to Will Golson, of course, like Steve McClendon uh, is up there in age as much last year, too. So it's almost crazy to think that in a year or two, Vita Bay is going to be the seasoned veteran on this defensive line. When I know. He still seems like, you know, a very a young player. 
Nacho's got one year left too. So I mean, yeah. if you don't re-sign him and he's been a, a solid contributor, yes, yeah. And for, for Vea when he went down two years ago. But I mean, you gotta look at you do, you have to look at getting younger. And I think Logan Hall does mimic yeah. kind of that Will Golston lunch pail player, does a dirty work, doesn't get a lot of recognition, mm-hmm. but well, but it's an integral part of your team. So I, 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 I just so. I'm I'm kind of thinking like literally right on the spot here. I think Logan Hall is actually because of the versatility you guys mentioned. He almost seems like a better fit than Devontae White. Listen, I, I like Devontae White. I watched a ton of Georgia. thought he was the second-best defensive tackle. Jalen Carter was was better, I thought, the, the, the sophomore, number 88. Um, why it's okay. I just get hung up on, yeah, 477, 304 pounds, 6'3". I get all that. You're twitchy, you're athletic. Where's the production? Where was 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 the production? Right. That, that that match that athleticism two and a half sacks out of somebody that you're drafting in in at number 27 that concerns me because well, that's story with this georgia defensive line right i mean you look at yeah. uh, all the way to trevon walker to jordan yeah. davis to, uh, i mean where's Devontae the- white was the sixth uh, there were six guys that had more sacks than Devontae white last year at georgia that, that could just concerns me a little bit right you look at logan hall i think he had seven last year uh for houston again SEC football is different than the AAC. I get that. Okay, I'm just saying. I we've we've kind of talked about this, right? Um, the Bucks want to trade back, and you can do that and still get Logan Hall. I think l- later in the first round, number 32, whatever, or just inside of the second round, and you can pick up more of those premium draft picks in the middle of the draft this year. Maybe an extra third or fourth round pick or fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to stay in the first round, say Detroit wanted to move up before, you know, because Kansas City's got two first round picks. Right. Second round, maybe they want to move back and, and whatever, pick up more or, or move around the board. If Detroit wants to move up to that 27 spot for a quarterback, maybe Ritter's there. I doubt it, but maybe, you know, they fatuated with it, whatever. They have a extra third and maybe a fifth round pick, that compensatory third and a fifth round pick. That could be the package right there, and you pick up more pieces. You get a good player in Logan Hall, still get a fifth round, fifth year option on him. Replace that fifth round pick and pick him an extra third. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Jason Light has gotten on the phone and spoken to Grant Stewart a little bit about it. That's right, <laughs> right. You're right. Yes, no doubt about it. Well, listen, uh, folks, whoever the Buccaneers end up picking in the draft with with the first pick, um, when it comes to to food, especially and food and sports the number one pick really should be beef or brady's you want beefy nobody out beefs beefs try the o'brady burger made with premium angus perfectly seasoned and topped with melted provolone it's an all-star just like that other brady in town and if you're tailgating you might want to pile on beefs award-winning wings too traditional or boneless in whatever sauce or dry rub you crave dine in to go or even catering play it your way See you at Beefs. Folks, when it comes to food, good food, and good sports, the place to go is Beef with Brady's. Now, when you're getting geared up for the draft weekend, make sure that you call ahead and you can do to-go orders or you can do catering for your big draft weekend party at Beef with Brady's. Wings, Angus burgers, and if you dine in there, they got a great selection of beer. So make sure that you keep Beef or Brady's top of mind 
for your place to go when you're looking for good food and good sports. Beef or Brady's, 45, 45 locations in the Tampa Bay area. I don't know the rest of the pitch. I think we lost Scott there. Well, there's 45 locations in the Tampa Bay area. Beef or Brady's is, is absolutely delicious. The wings are amazing. Uh, that's a multiple, great- yeah, <laughs> multiple, <laughs> yeah, that's a good spot there. Yeah, but Beef or Brady's, as you just said, multiple different spots. Uh, I've been there a bunch of times. There's anywhere in Tampa really that you want to go to. Um, you can make sure that uh, there's yeah. one not that's one that's not right. far away from you. I judge a place on three things, their burgers, their fries, and their wings. And before Brady's passes the test on all three of them. And it's funny, Jason Light, you know, was asked, what do you do when, you know, you're waiting for a later round pick? You haven't been doing it. He's like, a lot of eating. And, uh, you know, maybe, hey, maybe he's getting some before Brady's there. I don't know. Uh, but I know, hey, maybe we'll get some before Brady's while we're sitting there waiting for the, the draft to uh, bucks to come on the draft. And who knows? But I would definitely recommend you guys get some before Brady's for the draft. Yeah, absolutely. If if you don't have plans yet, make sure you go there, get the wings, get mm. all the deals that they have going on there, and you won't be disappointed. Hey, and we got SR back, and we got the beautiful Beef yeah. Brady's Burger uh, back on there. It looks My stomach is rumbling right now after looking at that. Uh, I, I started cramming a Beef Brady's Burger in my mouth, <laughs> and then the internet went down. So, so. yeah. Yeah, make sure you you attend uh, uh, a Beef of Brady's uh, 45 locations in the Tampa Bay area. So if you're looking for good sport, sports and good food, that's the place to go. All right, there was uh, there was another thing that Jason Light spoke about today that I think was um, of important notice. Uh, it tends to get the fans riled up a little bit. We're talking oh. about the Bucks secondary. Before that, though, I do want to uh, just say a shout-out. Thank you to uh, Tom, your $5 donation. Super chat again. Thank you so much. He said uh, he's talking about the the GM reference that yeah. Scott was talking about before. He said McKay lied about having the franchise tag from 1998 through 2004 when we lost it from the Cheedy contract. Um, yeah. Scott, if you want to comment that comment on that, you can. I just want to say thank you for the uh, super Absolutely. chat. Somewhere commenting on it right now on Twitter. I'm sure. Go ahead. Scott. Yeah, Cheedy Hanes who likes to comment on that. I mean that it, it happened a long time ago. That was. It was, yeah, 1998. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, I kind of remember it, but I kind of don't. So we'll move forward. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, so back to the current day GM, mm. Jason Light. He was asked about just his views overall on uh, the secondary, the defensive back room. Um, it's a big year for a lot of guys. Mike Edwards in the last year of his deal, Jamel Dean and, um, and Sean Murphy Bunting yeah. on the last year of their deals as well, too just an overall outlook of it. And he really said the biggest thing more than anything else is that the bucks back there are healthy this year. Yep. That was the huge difference from the year that they won the super bowl in 2020 and everything that we saw last year, just so many of the top guys in the secondary lost so much time due to injury, starting with the first half of the first game of the season, when the bucks played Dallas, I just want to play the video real quick of yep. what Jason had to say. Well, we're healthy. So, Right now we're healthy, so we want to plan to keep it that way. And we had a lot of these young guys um, play very well um, two years ago when we won the Super Bowl, and I don't think that talent just went away. So we're healthy now. We've added players like Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal, um, that we're excited about bringing some veteran leadership back there, and um, I think we're I think we're in good shape. 
Yeah, you look across the board in terms of like the impact guys for this team, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, Mike Edwards as well, too. So many of these guys, even Jordan Whitehead, too, he's no longer on the Bucs. But anyway, a lot of these guys missed, you know, three-plus games. So we're talking about a significant amount of time. Now, the Bucs did address this so far in this offseason where they brought in Keanu Neal, who does have an injury history. But again, we're just talking right. about depth in general. Uh, Logan Ryan as well, too. So I feel like um, just the secondary in general is a bit of a divisive place among Bucks fans. Yeah. Um, especially Sean Murphy bunting. I think a lot of us are low on him. I'm still pretty optimistic about Jamel Dean when he's mm -hmm. fully healthy as, you know, Carlton and, and Jamel as the one-two punch at corner for this team. But uh, just guys, your overall thoughts on what Jason had to say. Do you agree? Do you, you know, just all your thoughts about it. I'll start. I'll just say this. I, I kind of was thinking that, that this team needed to bring in a cornerback this year because Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting and Logan Ryan, those three guys are all on a contract year. Logan uh, Ryan obviously signing for one year. And then you've got Dean and, and Murphy Bunting in the last year of their rookie deal. So you'd want to get another cornerback in there to compete for depth with the Ross Cockrells um, and, uh, uh, and D Delaney's right. So, yeah. so you've got some, plus you have another guy in the hopper. So if Sean Murphy bunting or Jamel D one of those guys or both aren't re-signed, you've got a guy that, that already kind of is, is ready to go. But then I, I'm thinking, and I, I think that they don't want to spend a premium pick on a cornerback because that player is going to sit behind Sean Murphy bunting, Jamel D and Carlton Davis. Right. And then if the, if those three are healthy, that player is not going to see the field. I also go back to the fact that Todd Bowles is not afraid to start a rookie, right? We saw Sean Murphy bunting as a rookie lead the team in interceptions with three, including a pick six at Detroit. We saw Antoine Jr. start as, as a rookie. I'm talking about just the secondary. You're right, Matt. Oh, but yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. You know, Winfield started as a rookie. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting started as a rookie. Jamel Dean played as a rookie. So, I think that, that Jason Light and Todd Bowles want to give those players, the starters, Dean Davis, obviously Davis set, right? But Dean Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting as the starters, maybe with Logan Ryan pushing Sean Murphy Bunting, give them the opportunity to either rise to the occasion or put up or shut up. Yeah. yeah, just put up or shut up and just fall off. And and I think if they're healthy, they can do that. And but but the flip side of that is JC. I don't think that Todd Bowles next year, if they have to draft a cornerback in round one or round two, he's afraid of starting a rookie next year. So maybe they just wait until next year and say, if we need one, we'll draft one then. Uh, see, that's it makes me nervous. And you I'm, know, nervous too, but I'm just saying, Todd Bowles, though, I, I think he's I got some confidence to go. Down. I know, and the, the whole health they're healthy now, great. We saw how quickly that can change, and I and you know, you're bringing in Richard Sherman and D Delaney and, and Pierre Desir. Yeah, yeah Pierre Desir. You know, like these guys. You know, you're trying to try try to get Cockrell in there as well and, and get him there. some playing time. But I said this last night in the group chat, guys. I have this really eerie feeling that if the guys aren't there, and because there's so much value in the middle rounds, yeah, nobody wants to trade up. I don't even want to put it out like in words into an existence. I put it in text, but I think that Kyer Elam, I, I really see him in play at 27. I don't I love don't. it. I don't like it, but don't. 
I, I, I do, he's yeah. not a tackler. He's allergic to tackling in the run tackler. game, and that I would be shocked if if Kyrie Alam is I is a is a pick of twenty seven. Plus, the Bucks already have some itch- issues with guys tackling the secondary. Like Carlton, great shutdown corner, not the best when it comes to tackling. Mike Edwards, playmaker, missed some tackles, you well, know, that, last season, especially in the playoffs too. So I think that's, that's definitely a guy that already isn't known as a tackler. That's something because but, of their issues that the you know they want to stay away from. Throughout the process, Elam has been compared like strictly to Carlton Davis mm-hmm. and does the fact that he's not like a lockdown, he's not a good tackler to have two perimeter lockdown corners. Does that sway their mind? Like we could have two lockdown guys. Like who's going to be able to pass. This is a passing league. We got two lockdown guys on the outside. Like, I don't know how much that like gets like them jacked up over the, hey, well, we can teach tackle. You know, coaches are always the one that can fix everything. Your point. Teach everything yep. that can new. Well, yeah, he just didn't learn the right technique from that guy. But we've got, you know, some of the best guys here that can teach them this. So I don't know. I just had this super eerie feeling. I don't want it to happen. There's two I parts to tackling, though. There's there's want to and technique. And the first one is want to. And I'm not sure yeah. Kyrie Elam wants to. I haven't seen enough of, of an tape. Cover, cover man, though. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I, I just don't know if if they're going to be rolling the dice on a, on a guy like that. Whereas a, a, a Cam Taylor Britt to me is a more complete corner, right? I think he's a better tackler. He's a physical guy and, and he's, he can make plays in the ball too. Hey, I want them to wait. And me and Matt are on the same wavelength with the Caleb Evans from Missouri. We both like him. We both had him in our, yeah, your guy. In yeah. our game plan. I've been on him since I found out Nehemiah Pritchard was going back to school. Uh, <laughs> your other Auburn guy for next year. Yeah. Guy. yeah, right. So yeah. I think you wait to the fourth round and grab a Caleb Evans and, and train, you know, teach him up. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the ability the Bucks look for. And raw talent, too. Yeah. Like there's raw still a lot talent. of the surf. The surface has still yet to be scratched on him. Right. right. Grab him in the fourth, right? Trade back. Grab him in the yep. fourth. And now we're talking. Now we're talking. I think I remember now about Chidi Hanatu in this uh, uh, franchise tag with Rich McKay back in 1998. Uh, Tom Bucks fan, I think this is correct. I, I don't have any means of checking it out right now. I'm on the pod, but I, I think this is correct. I think the Buccaneers, they might have lost the tag for six years, but but Rich McKay pretended that he had it still as an option. I, it, it rings a bell somehow, some way. I think that's true. Good thing Twitter was not around then. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No the kidding. Bucks would have been absolutely yes. roasted. Kelly Buck saying that's surprising. That's usually good with this Bucks history. Knows everything. You know what's the old saying? I've forgotten more about Buccaneer football than you'll ever know. That's kind of true. I've forgotten more about Buccaneer football because you're I'm, you're I'm in draft old. you're in draft mode. You know you got your folks draft, on the draft yeah. right now. Not not the Bucks franchise tag history. Yeah. yeah uh, we got a. Uh, and I want to dispute we, this a little bit. William Butler. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you for the super chat again. Shout out for uh, having the Hasbula cover photo. Absolutely, I don't think SMB is trash. I think he lost a lot of confidence. Obviously, we saw yes. that confidence shoot shoot up in the playoffs, and he made three consecutive picks and in, in, in three straight games. And then that the dislocated elbow knocks him out for what was it, eight games, nine games yeah. in the season. And that's I a nasty that he, injury too. It is. I that's think like not an easy thing to come back from. Lost right. some of that confidence and that momentum that he was building. Um, he's got an opportunity. He's going to get pushed hard by Logan Ryan. 
And I, I think he's going to learn a lot from Logan Ryan. So yep. he's got to step up. I don't think I'm not a hundred percent writing him off. Like most buck fans mm-hmm. are. I think there's still a sliver of hope, however small it is, but hey, listen, he's in a contract here too, JC. Yeah. I've seen plenty of, of Buccaneer players when their their backs against the wall, they're backed into a corner, right? Like they got to put up or shut up to use your phrase. They rise to the occasion. So um, Sean Murphy Bunting is going to have just as much of a shot to to win the job as as anybody in the nickel cornerback slot. And and listen, we haven't heard any negative talk ever about SMB from Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles is really in SMB's corner, rooting for the guy. I, I just think that that's one of those guys. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's do this, let's become the guy. Right? You can see it there. Just never. I believe Todd yeah. likes to use young pup a lot, <laughs> but not just SMB, but with the whole cornerback group. And it, that's another way yeah. of saying like, all right, there's been some mistakes, but he's, you know, he's, he's still he's learning. He's a young like pup. That. He's got to get going and but I, I agree with with the you, program though. and he's definitely make been plays started. for us. He's you definitely been supportive of Sean Murphy Bunting because he's been asked about <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, um, but yeah, it does, does uh, try to help him out as much as he can. Very yeah. Cool. Well, speaking of, of help and, um, you know, listen, guys, um, I'm, I'm going to play a video for you and you know what video it is and you know where we're going to go after this video. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Matt, JC, we got to get to Colorado, man. Have to get there sooner rather than later. Well, yeah. And and listen, the folks at Immuni Financial can make it real easy for you, right? I mean, retirement may not be around the corner. But maybe you want to save some money, right? You could save for a summer vacation. You can save for your kids' college savings accounts. You can save for your retirement. You can open multiple savings accounts and and still have them be in your corner when it comes to legacy planning and brokerage and advisory services and their insurance services. With 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than just allocating your assets. Do what I did. Call Immuni Financial and help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give David, Mark a call, 1-800-868-6864 or visit amuni.com. No, they're not going to help plan your trip to Colorado, right? They're not They're not uh, uh, travel agents in that respect, but they're going to help you get the money that you need to enjoy to your go life. On, yeah, to go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Any other Final words as we wrap up today's awesome Pewter Report podcast here on a Tuesday, gentlemen. I'm just excited. I'm excited for the draft right around the corner. Talking to, to Light today at the at the pre-draft presser, you know, and hearing him give us really no answers <laughs> at all. And, you know, just kind of let our minds go. You know, tight end, he mentioned he did mention tight end without it being brought up. Is that some is that a position? I know, I know John is stuck. <laughs> 
stuck on Trey McBride <laughs> at 27 and he's going to lose it if he does. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I really don't know. There's so many directions they could go in. And we didn't even talk about um, what you touched on in your Fab Five last Friday about them even trading up a few spots. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been so much talk about trading back or, you know, they're, they, they have so many opportunities to do so much yeah. uh, in this draft. And there's, there's some really good players for them to get. And, uh, you know, next week can't come soon enough. I'm excited to be there with the whole squad at one buck place, you know, breaking down this draft pick by pick. And, uh, you know, we still got tons of good content coming out. So. I'm a little afraid to ask what Brit's casual toy reviews are <laughs> about, but to answer your question. Yeah. We're going to be live all three days of the draft presented by, be for Brady's. So we're going to have a, a live draft show, just like the one you're watching right here, except it's going to be on Thursday night, Friday night, and then all day Saturday. So, and yeah, for multiple, for multiple hours. Um, if you guys haven't seen it in the past, oh, it's dang. so much fun. Like we're, just, we're streaming the entire time. Yes. Uh, not, not many other people can really do that. Another thing I think is, is very exciting for this year's draft too. And we spoke about it with the corner position of drafting a guy this year at corner that, could be groomed to be a potential starter or you know right. impact player the following year. I think the Bucks have that at multiple positions, not just corner. Again, like tight end. If Gronk comes back, Gronk's probably only here for one more season. That's right. Quarterback. I mean, you got Kyle Trask, but again, yeah. talking about a guy waiting in the in the wings. I think uh, you know edge rusher Anthony Nelson's yeah. on the last year of his deal. So I think there's a lot of different positions where. Mm-hmm. They could be drafting a guy for the future defensive tackle as yeah. well. So many Jason different Light, areas that the Bucs can go with. Exactly. Jason Light said that today. You're going to be drafting with one eye on winning the Super Bowl this year and one eye for the future. That's the job of any general manager. Folks, it's been fun. We appreciate all the great questions and comments and Super Chats today. We're going to be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I'm Scott Reynolds. There's Matt Matera right there. There's JC Allen. Make sure that you are subscribing to our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel and hitting the like button on the videos. Helps our algorithms. Helps us get in front of more Buccaneer fans, awesome fans, just like you Pewter people. So for JC and Matt, I'm Scott saying out. Out.